Welcome to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light International Ministries. I'm in here on this Friday, which is normally uh, anything goes day, but today it is going to be a day with a guest. Our guest day, which is normally Thursday, is today on Friday. And our guest is running just a little late because traffic on I 95 apparently is very, very bad. I don't know what it is about rain, but when we get rain in Florida, it shuts down traffic, whether it's 95 Butler Boulevard. I don't know about you folks up in Virginia or Mississippi or out west in Idaho, but wherever you folks are listening, um, be careful on the roads. Uh, I saw a couple of wrecks as I was driving up for St. Augustine. Had a good group down in St. Augustine today at the SWAT meeting down there. Um, I know our brother Jeff listens. Uh, y'all keep Jeff in your prayers. Jeff's been battling cancer for a while now. Uh, his name is Joshua, uh, or Jeff. We call him Jeff, but uh, he's a good brother, and uh, I, I so appreciate having him in our SWAT group. And uh, we had a good group of guys down there. A lot of people in the Village Inn while we were down there that got to hear the lesson that didn't probably know they were going to hear a lesson about the conversion of Saul today as they went to have breakfast at the Village Inn. So appreciate uh, those folks having us and. uh also, Howdy Russell over at uh, San Jose, Jumpin' Jack's House of Food on Thursdays, Woody Mills for Woody's Barbecue on Wednesday, and here are the folks at the Salem Center for letting us host our meeting here, and the Women's SWAT group here, which is going really good. If you're a woman out there looking for a good Bible study, you're not plugged into any group of women every Wednesday at 10 a.m., uh, my wife, Lori, leads SWAT for women. They are working through acts just like we are. They're just not quite where we are because they started behind where we were. And we're in Acts chapter 9, and they are in Acts finishing up chapter 2. So you're welcome to join in and uh, glad uh, to have that opportunity to be able to open up God's Word. Normally, during the first 15 minutes when we're in the regular time, we talk about things going on in the news, and um, you know, if, uh, I don't know if you've been watching the news lately. With uh, you know, uh, President Biden made an address today of the dismal, and I repeat, dismal jobs report. And uh, reporters were asking questions. He just turned around, and walked off, didn't have an answer for him. Uh, things have not been going very well for our president we need to keep him in your prayers continue to pray that he would reverse course on some of uh, his policies and decisions that uh, not only disparage the values that many of you guys who are listening today hold dear because they're god values they're biblical values values of life values of god's um, design for us and uh, he uh, he says he's a believer. He says he's a, a follower of Jesus, but some of the policies that he's standing behind are completely against what uh, God the Father has laid out in his word. And so we need to pray for him because we're commanded to pray. I, I, I remind you, if you're listening today, that you know uh, uh, 
Peter, James, John, they lived under rulers that were much more uh, difficult, probably, uh, to their people than uh, our president has been, even though we disagree on his policies in a lot of ways. Uh, so we need to pray for him because that's what we're commanded to do in Scripture. Um, you know, when you think about, uh, there is another thing, and I want to talk to Congressman Rutherford about this. Um, you know, in Texas, they passed a bill out there that um, uh, it was really, you know, it really has shook a lot of the pro-abortion people. Uh, they call themselves pro-choice, but those people have been uh, shook uh, because Texas passed this uh, bill called the Texas Heartbeat Act, and uh, now they have found a judge who has ruled against it. He's blocking the enforcement of this ban on abortion after six weeks, and uh, that's a big story, and it's one where we're going to probably see it go all the way to Supreme Court. And I want to ask Congressman Rutherford what he thinks from being up in that part of the world where they talk about these kind of issues a lot. I, I would say abortion is still pretty big on the list of uh, competing ideas and American values. It's probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest. And a couple of things have come out that I, I'm not even sure he knows about one of them. Surely he does. But uh, just a couple of days ago, they released a video of one of the Pfizer employees uh, who was a whistleblower talking about fetal tissue in the vaccines and i don't know that that's been discussed at a congressional level yet i hope that they will get to the bottom of that if that is happening they need to get that information out there pfizer ought to be compelled to reveal any fetal tissue that is in the vaccine that's currently being distributed uh because that's that that a lot of people would not take that vaccine if they knew that because they 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 have a moral, um, you know, they have a moral crisis with that, and rightfully so. I, I shared one story of a listener who wrote the other day and said they could not take it after seeing that video because this Pfizer employee said it was there, and so Congress has oversight of that kind of stuff because we're being mandated now in many parts of the country to take this vaccine. Uh, maybe not this particular one, but you have to be vaccinated. And uh, it, uh, at least they're mandating in some parts. Thank goodness we have a governor here in Florida who has passed legislation that says you can't require a vaccine passport in the state of Florida. So I think there's a showdown being set up. It's Obviously, it's going to go to the Supreme Court as we continue to uh, see this unfold and we see um, – our country uh, kind of battle back and forth on these issues like abortion, the vaccine. Uh, you know, I heard one uh, doctor last night, and by the way, he was not just a doctor. He was, um, I think he was the head of epidemiology up at uh, Stanford, I believe. Uh, I, I, I said Stanford. I'm not quite sure. I, I will research that uh, on our news on the half hour break and get back to you. But anyway, he I know he's been very much involved in all the stuff going on over the last year and a half. And he said by conservative estimates, over 120 million people have had COVID. Over 120 million people have had COVID. 
And uh, Pfizer officials even admitted on tape that if you've had COVID and recovered, you have better immunity than any vaccine you will get. And so if you've had COVID, you have better immunity uh, than any vaccine you will get. Uh, And so if of 120 million people have had it, and like like right now in the U.S., I'm not quite sure of the total number, but I know it's in over 100 million, maybe uh, close to 200 million uh, of the people who have been vaccinated. And, uh, you know, I know in Florida uh, we have almost – 58% 58% of our state is fully vaccinated. That's almost 60, 60% of our state. Well, there's 20 million people in our state. I mean, that's a lot of people. So you're talking about 9 million people have been vaccinated just in the state of Florida alone. So if uh, if you look at the, the fully vaccinated people, I mean, there there's between the vaccinated and then the recovered COVID people, we, we should be close to 75 to 80%, if not more, of people that would have some kind of immunity uh, to COVID. And yet, it's still being mandated. I, 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 that's just beyond me. And it's created such a division in our country between people. you got Christians who get upset with other Christians because... They're saying, I don't think I should be vaccinated. If and, and they're saying, well, it's really the loving thing to do. No, it's not loving to do that uh, if you don't need it. that That's ridiculous. Why, why would you go get something you don't need? It's unloving to tell somebody they need to take something that could possibly cause risk. And by the way, now they're showing that there is risk involved to taking the vaccine to people. 12,000 people have died from COVID vaccine-related issues. 12,000 people. That's more than all the other deaths combined of all previous vaccines. That's insane. And it's being mandated for us to do it. It's still experimental use. Now listen, I'm not anti-vaxxing. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. But I'm anti-mandate vaccine when it comes to an experimental drug. That's what I'm... I'm an anti, uh, and I, I just think, and again, these are not the views of WTR, uh, you know, the truth. <laughs> uh, they're, uh, they're not the, the views of this station, uh, but this is, this is something we ought to be discussing, and why is it that we're not having open dialogue between doctors, pharmaceutical companies? What's in the vaccine? What, what is the vaccine made of? You know, what? what is the deal with hiding all this information? Why, why are they, why are, why are tech companies suppressing information to go out? Listen, you've got a family of one person that died a few days after receiving the vaccine, apparently healthy with no underlying causes, nothing. They died and they posted on there about it and it was flagged by social media as being misinformation. That, that just makes no sense to me. We haven't done that and allowed that. And, again, we saw just this past week with Facebook how they were shut down on Monday. I think it was this past Monday 
uh, after a big uh, whistleblower apparently came out over the weekend, and they're shut down. Why? Why is that? They completely shut down for six hours. Um, and Mark Zuckerberg, man, he need that. We need to shut down these monopolies. That's another question for Congressman Rutherford. Uh, hopefully, when he comes in here. So I'm hoping he he's able to get through the traffic and get in here. Otherwise, uh, I'm going to need you folks to call in. Just a second. Uh oh, streaming is not working, Steve. The streaming is not working. It's still down. Um, okay, so can we let somebody know about that? Um, it, let me let me ask him if it's still down. Uh, it's probably weather related, but who knows? But uh, Steve's going to check on that. So if you're listening via the airwaves out there, uh, you feel free to call in one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. Call in. Give me a question for Congressman Rutherford. He should be here shortly, and I'm happy to ask him. Or we can talk about the vaccine. We can talk about the mandate. We can talk about the judge blocking the Texas Heartbeat Act. Act. We can talk about uh, Acts chapter eight. Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch. We can talk about the Bible. Anything you want to talk about. One eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. If you're just tuning in to SWAT Radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and uh, we are uh, a uh, men's discipleship broadcasting program. Uh, we teach through the Bible and then take that content and put on the air in the following week. Uh, and that's what we do Monday through Wednesday. Typically, we have a guest on Thursday. And this week, we have uh, a guest today as Congressman John Rutherford, who is uh, represents us here in the state of Florida. And uh, he represents Florida's 4th District. And uh, Congressman Rutherford and I have known each other a long time. He is a former sheriff here in Jacksonville. And um, he uh, he is he's a good guy. He shared his testimony. He's been on here a couple of times, and I invited him to come in today to talk about what's going on in our country right now. Um, you know, I, I just know one of the things he's introduced recently was a POWMIA memorial and museum here in Jacksonville, uh, which is to to recognize the POW and MIAs and um, he also recently hosted the Northeast Florida Sheriffs um, uh, at a at a kind of a roundtable um, to talk about law enforcement issues, and uh, obviously that's very important to him. And um, he is he is a good guy. Hopefully, uh, we'll get him in here. But if you have a question for him, you can send me a question via email. If you don't want to be on the air, at ask at swatradio.com. That's uh, ask at SWATradio.com, and I'm happy to do that. Um, got an email from Trigger and uh, says that the, uh, that the uh, vaccine death data will shock and horrify you. Uh, 16,000 vax deaths from 3 billion vaccines. Somebody says that's a safe vaccine. Well, I wouldn't say it's safe. I would say that if you have 16,000 people die, they would probably disagree with you or their families would that it's safe. Um, but 
when you compare all the prior deaths of vaccines or vaccine, you know, deaths uh, prior to that, that's what's really shocking. You see very little uh, compared to what we're seeing now. And again, if if you have comorbidities that make COVID very dangerous for you, which I will tell you that if you have diabetes, uh, if you have uh, diabetes, um, if you if you're um, overweight, uh, uh, severely overweight, uh, I'm not talking about just a few pounds. I'm talking about if you have significant weight issues, if you have high blood pressure and other comorbidities, uh, then the vaccine might be a viable alternative for you to help you not get severe COVID-related uh, symptoms and and possibly die from it because it is a real significant um, uh, illness. I mean, the, the virus is real, uh, and it is real, and the virus is hurting people. A lot of people have died from it. But if you are healthy and if you've recovered from COVID, you, the vaccine, you don't need. Experts have already said uh, that the uh, the vaccine is uh, – it, 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 the the immunity that you have from COVID recovery in your system is better than any vaccine. Hey, Congressman, uh, 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 Congressman Rutherford is here. Thank you. Sorry for the traffic delay. Oh, man. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, we need some infrastructure work in this country. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> Welcome to SWAT Radio. So glad you could come in today. Boy, have I got some bullets for you to have to answer good, good, good. so while you were gone people have been letting me know a couple of things and so but first how are you we we are doing well uh as you know we just got notified we're going back up on tuesday to uh to vote on the extension of the debt ceiling uh the senate passed it last last night i guess uh yeah straight I, I, straight party I, line vote yeah just, well you know i i have to tell you um and, you know, you are a believer, and you, you love the Lord. John Thune's a believer and loves the Lord. I yep. was really disappointed in John voting for that. I mean, I yeah. met John, and uh, uh, I, I just I, I thought that they were going to hold solid. I thought that was the plan uh, because they were just going to let them die on their own on that bill. Well, I did too. But I'm gonna, it, Now, I will tell you what I think um, McConnell's strategy is and, and the other 10 that voted for it. Please, because I want some enlightenment. I, 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 but I'm not sure it's the best strategy. But I think what he what what they thought was they will force the Democrats to either uh, well, but by, by first the vote the first vote that they took was strictly the the cloture vote the six where you had to have sixty votes. The Republicans gave them that because they were going to make it clear that they were not going to vote for the actual bill itself. So they voted for the procedure but against the bill. And now, but it only took a simple majority for the uh, Democrats to pass that bill. But they've now passed it on their own without Republican involvement. And what it did was it it will move it to the, uh, and it's only temporary through December third, which is when the continuing resolution on the overall budget runs out. Also, so come December third, if if they haven't reached a budget budget resolution, then 
Right. Well, here, here's what's going to happen. It, on December 3rd, they will now be forced to either pass these bills in um, – Three and a half through, trillion through right? reconciliation. Yeah, that three and a half trillion, right? Yeah, through reconciliation, which they won't be able to do because the parliamentarians already said they can't do that with some of the stuff. But, that's in right, there. there's a bunch of it in there that's that's going to have to come out. I uh, I hope, um, but so I think so. I think that was McConnell's strategy was to force the Democrats to do if if they're going to raise the debt ceiling, if they're going to pass anything, they're going to have to do it on their own because we ain't going to help them. And and so, I don't know if that's the best strategy, um, but what it might do, it it what it has the potential to do is force the moderate Democrats, who are worried. You know, here's why they're not listening to Nancy. Doug, they're more worried about their congressional seat than they are their committee seat. Mm-hmm. You know, she always holds that committee seat over your head. But over they don't their care heads. about that anymore. They do don't they? care about that now. They care about their congressional seat. And so they're hearing from folks back home that this this these this three point five trillion dollar reconciliate build back better uh, is not good. Even the one point two has got problems in it, but they're hearing that back home. And so I don't think they're going to be able to get a, uh, a a vote to pass it, particularly in the House. How how long have you been up there, John? I mean, like uh, like but, serving. Five years. Five years. Yeah, I'm, I'm in my third term. Okay, so you're up there five years. And you when you came in, I mean, uh, when, when you came in, you, you you learned the ropes pretty quick. I mean, you've been around government for a mm-hmm. long time. Yep. This week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, have you seen anything like that? It was a disaster up there, wasn't it? No, look, look I, I, I will tell you, the first – the first sign that things were changing in the Democrat Party was uh, last month we went up to, to sign or to pass the continuing resolution so the government wouldn't shut down October 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, that was we, we happened to be in Washington, D.C. for that special session to vote just on that CR uh, to keep the budget, but keep government running. At the that Tuesday night, the Supreme Court that afternoon had come out and, and told the Biden administration, you know, we sued them over the extension of the um, – we were suing them over the extension of the eviction moratorium. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just so people know uh, who may not own property that they rent out, what that said was <laughs> that – if you owned a piece of property that you were renting somebody, they they could go spend that money on whatever they wanted, and and not didn't have to pay rent. They didn't have to pay rent, right? I mean that that it was absurd. The government was, was selling you that you had to let people live in your property whether they honored their agreement or not. Exactly, and, and so let me tell you what a lot of people were doing. A lot of people that weren't paying their their rent. Were subletting to others that they were collecting rent from. Oh my gosh! That's I crazy. mean, so it's even worse than you know. It's it's that's communism. You lose control of your personal property. That's communism. Yeah, it's it's. We well, we have personal property rights in this country, and so we we sued over that. The Supreme Court came out and told the president, "No, you cannot do an extension of this. This is unconstitutional." 
you can't do it without legislation because he did it by executive order. They said, no, you have to have legislation to do this. So the speaker on that Tuesday evening was trying to get members together to agree to do this extension. And and her moderate Democrats had already heard from back home, you better not do that. And so they had literally the first time I've ever seen this, Doug, in my five years. They are on the House floor, and you can probably find video of it. They're on the House floor, and they are all huddled up across the aisle, <laughs> and they are they are fighting it out o- over there. And the moderates stood firm. So finally, they, they she she had to relent, and she said, okay, well, we're, we're going to go ahead and take the last vote of the evening, but don't go home tomorrow because we may have another vote series. Because she was hoping that over the – over that evening, she'd be able to twist some arms and get people to vote for it. Didn't happen. It wasn't until uh, probably 2 or 3 o'clock on Wednesday that we finally got word from the Speaker's office to go on home because they couldn't get the votes. And so she wasn't going to bring it to the floor without the votes, obviously. And so that's how that got stopped. Well, it was, it, it was quite a spectacle. But, you know, people out there listening go, well, wait a minute, you just said – this is this is a men's discipleship radio program. Why are you talking politics on here? Well, we got to go to the break for the news on the half hour. And when we come back, I want you to take two or three minutes mm-hmm. to talk about the importance of your faith and what you do. Because Glad to. you know, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't know the difference between a senator, a congressman. They don't know uh, why. Uh, you like like what is the difference time term, term limit wise? Mm-hmm. What is the difference in what you do on a day to day basis? And I think yeah. it's important for us as believers. We have a stewardship of our freedom to be able to have a voice in our government, and that's why I want you to come on here as a believer to right. share from your perspective. Be okay. glad to. Okay. Be glad to. Hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. I have Congressman John Rutherford. Please pray for him and his staff as he tries to not only represent Fourth District of, of Florida, he also represents Jesus Christ up there. And I would ask that you keep uh, him in your prayers. Uh, if you got a question, you can send it to ask at SWATradio.com. That's ASK at SWATradio.com. We'll be right back after the news. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night. Hey, good afternoon and welcome back to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and I'm so glad to have my friend John Rutherford on here. Congressman Rutherford has served this community in a lot of ways over the years, and, uh, you know, it'd be real easy for him just to retire and not have to put up with the the stuff he does up there, and I've I've appreciated him. And, And listen, for folks out there who've never served in that capacity, you've never been up to D.C., you've never seen 
you know, when the term swamp was used for it, that's a pretty <laughs> accurate depiction. It is made up of a lot of of pol- politics, a lot of stuff. But by politics, I'm talking about uh, the term sleazy. Like I had a friend one time, Congressman, that I was going to run back when uh, Tilly Fowler, uh, I, I, I mm. really was, I, I thought about it. I just entertained the idea. And, yeah. and this person worked back at the DOJ when DOJ <laughs> meant something. Was, yeah. Was a respectable <laughs> yeah, yeah. agency. And, and they worked in the in public integrity section and said, don't do it. Don't run. I, I, I like yeah. you too much to see you have to come up here and deal with all this stuff because it's just awful. So I respect the fact that you're up there. And for mm-hmm. believers who go, why do we even care at all about politics? Um, talk a little bit about how you got mm-hmm. into it and why you got into yeah. it. Well, well, you know, Doug, uh, you know, I started out in law enforcement. And, and law enforcement actually, and, and I'll try to make this quick, but law enforcement actually led me to the Lord. I wasn't saved when I became a policeman. It was the death and dying and other things that I saw as a young man is a young patrolman that led me to the Lord and in my job became my ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, I tell people that the happiness chapter in, in the Bible is Ephesians two ten. Mm-hmm. for we are, we are all God's workmanship created in the image of Christ Jesus to do good work, which he prepared in advance for you to do. Mm-hmm. So there's work out there for me to do that God already prepared. I just have to find it. Mm-hmm. And and that's what makes America exceptional. I can go find that work that God prepared in advance for me to do, and I can do it. Doesn't matter where I'm born. Doesn't matter what socioeconomic level I'm in. I can go find that thing that God has prepared for me to do, and I can go do it. And nothing in the world can make you happier, and be more fulfilled and rewarding. Then do then waking up every day knowing you're doing the, the Lord's work. Where you're following His purpose. That, for exactly, your life. Mm-hmm. exactly. And so, I, I was that way with law enforcement. I knew it, there was not a. I can honestly say, Doug, there was not a single day that I ever woke up after you know I turned my life over to the Lord. There was not, and law enforcement became my ministry. There was not a single day I ever woke up and said, God, I wish I was doing something else. Mm. Never. Now. There were some really rough days in there, but you know he doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It was a calling. To it you. was a calling. It's a ministry, and so and then I got term limited out of that, and the Lord shut that door, and He opened another one, and He opened it in Washington D.C., and and so I saw that opportunity to go to Washington D.C. not to just serve serve the people of Northeast Florida, but to serve my Lord mm-hmm. the same way I serve my Lord in law enforcement. And so all of the sacrifices, being away from my family, being away from my grandchildren, uh, my children, I, I take all of that because it is a calling. It is a ministry. Mm. And, and that's why I'm willing to go up there and work the hours that I work. You know, my wife won't even go to Washington, D.C. She says, I never see you. I don't blame you. And I, don't, I don't blame her. <laughs> I don't blame, I don't blame her, her either. I'm, I was never, I'm, you know, I'm never in the apartment. I'm always working. So the... the and and look, there there is no, you know, Romans thirteen two. There is no power but that ordained by God. And and so, I want to be in that position to serve the Lord and to serve the the constituents here in in Northeast Florida. 
Well, we appreciate you doing that. And again, I, I would encourage you if you're listening, whether in Virginia, Mississippi, uh, write down Congressman Rutherford's name, put it on your refrigerator, say a prayer for him. Uh, to to take a Christian stand in our country's politics right now mm-hmm. is probably one of the least popular stands you could have in our country. Um, Christians, uh, we we're not experiencing persecution like China Christians oh, or Lord, Korean no. Christians, but but when you try to serve God in those capacities up there, you are ridiculed, you're minimized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I appreciate the fact that you're up there. You know, one of the things that gets me, oh, is how our country, we were talking during the break about how the social Marxist ideology mm-hmm. has infiltrated the leadership in a lot of ways of our country mm-hmm. and how young people don't even recognize the danger that's there. No, in, in fact, Doug, there's a, there's a poll that said, I, I think it was 49% of Gen Z believes that socialism is better than capitalism. That's but true. but the good news is, Doug, if you ask them what socialism is, they, don't they really don't know. <laughs> they think they know because they've been indoctrinated, but they really don't know. And so our our mission is to educate them on, you know, uh, they want to make everything free except the people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the way it should be. And and all of these programs that take away individual choice uh, is not the way this country needs to be going. And and you have to understand what's taking place. Uh, you know, we talked about Saul Alinsky and, and his rules for radicals. And, and the way that you change a, a country from uh, a – democratic republic that we are to a socialist dictatorship is you you simply first demoralize the country and the demoralization has has started a long time ago that's what critical race theory is all about we're bad people americans are bad people We're, we're all racist we had slaves we you know we're founded on slavery we're we're horrible people uh and rewriting of history and and what the what the the judeo-christian values that we that we were brought up on all of that's under attack now just just as you were just saying so so they have to demoralize everything they demoralized the police all summer last summer attacking them calling them racist talking about institutional racism all of that is to demoralize the people of this country the second step, once you get them demoralized, then you have to destabilize them. And the way you destabilize them is you open up the southern border and you let a million-plus people just march into the country and destabilize the place. You destroy the economy. You destroy the middle class. That's destabilizing. You, When we're energy independent, no, you shut down the pipeline and you make us have to ask OPEC, to pump more oil, to keep the price down. You you raise taxes on everybody. You come up with a with a Green New Deal. You come up with a Build Back Better that it's going to cost $3.5 trillion. And that's the bottom. It's going to be more than that. Uh, so 
That's the destabilizing part. And then you and then there's going to be a crisis. And the crisis is when America no longer can pay its bills. We have a national crisis. Look, we we have crises all over the place right now. We've got an immigration crisis. We got an economic crisis. We got a national security crisis. When, when you look at China and Taiwan and what's about to happen over there. Oh, do you know, I just the, I shared this yesterday on the radio that there there's a group, there's been a group of advisors, special forces and stuff secretly over in Taiwan, reminded me eerily of the people that were, you know, over in, in Vietnam. Vietnam. Yeah. Yep. And yep. I'm like, I remember that too. But it's right there in China's backyard. It, it's coming. And That's, what a lot of people don't know is, Taiwan is responsible for about 80% of the semiconductors in the world. Right, right. I mean, mean, that right there alone, can you imagine? Because all the semiconductors in cars, people don't even realize how much control is in that little country over there. And and guess who controls all the pharmaceuticals? China. Yeah, I know. So, you know, so what, what, so they need a crisis, and, and the crisis can be any one of these things as a whole that really brings the haves and the have-nots to a to, to a you know a point where they start having uh, kinetic differences. You know they want to fight with each other. Um, and then and and the reason they have to create this crisis, which is exactly Saul Alinsky's playbook, you create this massive crisis. So then the government has to come in and normalize. And and the way they come in to normalize is they come in with, you know, look at look at Venezuela. They come in with the tanks. They come in with the military. And they stabilize everything. Well, they take away people's freedoms is what they do. Right. And they have to take away local police, which is one re- reason you've seen the police under such attack, including, in, in fact, Karen Bass, a congresswoman, uh, said she she was the one that was supporting the the george floyd justice act which which would have taken away qualified immunity from the police put all these ridiculous requirements uh in there that police agencies can't do their job if half of those things were to take place particularly qualified immunity Mm -hmm. that no officer is going to go into one of these crisis situations uh knowing he's got to take his family's financial future in there with him, even if he does everything right. Explain qualified immunity real quick for people who may not know what that means. Yeah, you know, they describe it. that What they they describe in attacking qualified immunity is not qualified immunity. They describe sovereign immunity because you hear them say you can't sue the police. Well, you can absolutely sue the police in America. In fact, they get sued all the time. And I, I was sued as a, as a police officer, as, as the sheriff. Now, what, that's, what that means is a judge takes that lawsuit against me, and he looks at it, and he says, okay, if, if John followed the law, did exactly as the law requires, he followed his agency's policy exactly as required, and he acted exactly as he was trained by his agency, he qualifies for immunity. And what that means is I'm not personally liable. My family's future and my children's future are not tied up uh, in that case. So I'm relieved from that case. Now, the city can st- the city or the agency can still be sued because they can say, well, 
your policy's not good enough mm-hmm. or your training's not good enough. They can still sue under those things. But they're just saying the, pol- the, they just, uh, the individual himself is They not just enough. can't come after the individual officer because I did it what, what everybody in the world calls doing it by the book. Mm-hmm. You did it by the book. You did everything right. You're still getting sued. Now a judge looks at the fact pattern and says, no, he's, he's qualified for immunity, so you're released from the case. That's, that's qualified immunity. It's not sovereign immunity. Now, if you told every police officer, I don't care what you do when you go into that situation, you can follow the law, you can follow your policy, you can follow your training, but you're still going to get sued. They're not going to want to do it. They're never going to go in there. That's that's crazy. Well, that well, here's a here's a question for you that I've been asked a lot or, or as people are thinking about our government and uh, what do, when are we going to do something about big tech? When when are we I mean like I know Governor DeSantis passed a law, but as Christians, mm-hmm. you are censored when you put stuff out there on social media. If you if you talk about vaccine related illnesses or deaths, uh-huh. they don't let that go out there. And by the way, did you know that uh, a Pfizer employee came out two days ago and said they're using fetal tissue in the active vaccines they're giving right now? Did you have you heard that? Yeah. That well, just I, came out. I, that's the fetal line from the uh, from. That's the fetal line that goes back like 40 no, no, years, no. right? No, no, no. A this, new line? this just came out that said they're using active fetal tissue in the vaccines right now. And uh, there's a video of this employee. She's a whistleblower for Pfizer who, uh, you know, that James O'Keefe who does Project mm-hmm. Veritas? Yeah. He's done a lot of these undercovers. Uh, get, yeah. Well, yep. he got him on video. He, he interviewed her. And she said, this is active, and there's memos of Pfizer and uh, upper echelon people saying, don't let this get out because people Good will claim Lord. a religious exemption. Good so is Lord. that something Congress yeah. can investigate? Well, we need to. We need and, transparency. And look, you, you asked also, you know, what, what can we do about big tech? Well, let me tell you, Kevin, Kevin McCarthy, who's the ranking member right now of the minority, he's our leader in the uh, Republican caucus. He's put together uh, task forces to deal with many of these crises that I just spoke about. For, for example, I'm, I'm heading up the one for law enforcement. Okay. And well, you just it, had a meeting uh, a month ago, didn't you, with I, the, the sheriffs down here? I did, right okay. right here in Jacksonville. I've also, I've also met, with, uh, se- I met with 75 sheriffs recently up in Washington, D.C. They were from all over the country. Uh, and, and so I'm heading up law enforcement. We, we also have a task force that we put together on immigration, one on big tech, and one on cybersecurity. And, and the mission here is to go out and do all of the fact-finding that we need to do right now to figure out how do we, how do we protect citizens' rights in all these different areas and what legislation do we need to bring to the floor January of 23 when we take back the House? Mm-hmm. So what we're doing now is the, the work to prepare for taking the House back January of 23 uh, so that as soon as we're sworn in, as soon as that 118th Congress is sworn in, we can actually have a pocket full of bills to put on the floor. 
Well, I hope it, one of them is to protect people's rights from being fired if they don't take the vaccine. If that's still it an should issue. be. Well, you know, I've got a bill um, uh, about trying to remember <laughs> trying to remember the name of it right now oh good lord my mind just went blank but oh the freedom to fly act so that they can't they can't require they can't require you to have a vaccine to fly like domestically on Del- on Delta domestically Airlines? yeah yeah because they they haven't done that yet have they, they no. but they're no. they're talking about they're that. talking about it but i've got friends right that's why now. we got to get this bill passed and i need folks to call their senators call their state representatives and tell them to get behind this bill, the Freedom to Fly Act. Freedom to Fly Act. You want to? Can they? Uh, they just reach out to their like you're talking about Rubio and Scott. Or are you talking about? Yeah, Rubio, Rubio Scott, um, mainly called Democrat members uh, and across, let them hear your across voice. the state of Florida. Let them hear from you about their position on having the freedom to fly. Well, as a as a congressman, do, do, uh, do that does that really make a difference when they hear from the constituents? Do people really register that? Oh yeah, because that's asked oh, a yeah. lot. Look, Doug, that that fight that was taking place on the House floor, that's because those moderate Democrats heard from the folks back home, this cannot stand, and so they were they were adamant. Look, Nancy, you can you can take away my committee seat, but these people can take away my congressional seat. I'm not doing it. And that's why they stood up to her. Well, are, is Congress looking at doing anything with NIH or CD, the, you know, the CDC with all the flip-flops and the misinformation that's been put out? It, it's been really bad. Yeah. And it's created fusion. It, to me, it's created the health crisis to have all this. And I just wonder, are you all looking at that at all? Yeah, I'm not on those committees, but HHS and the oversight committees are certainly looking at all of that. Um, you know, there were, in fact, I think last time I was on your show, we might have talked about, you know, that this uh, that this COVID-19 actually started at the University of North Carolina. Yeah, well, that, it's and right. now it's all come out. Yeah. You know, Rand Paul successfully pulled it out of FASHI at the, at the hearing, the oversight committees in the Senate. And um, so that's all coming out now, how they were doing gain-of-function here. They were stopped. They moved it to Wuhan and funded it through an NGO, uh, a non-governmental agency mm-hmm. uh, organization. And and so, yeah, we're we're, we're looking at all that, and, and I think I think Mr. Fossey is going to find himself, you know, neck deep in this stuff. Well, because uh, unfortunately, uh, all the things that have happened. I was just sharing before y'all came in that it's over twelve thousand people have died from the vaccine that would have never taken the vaccine. Now listen, and I told people I'm not. An anti-vaxxer, if you've got comorbidities, if there's issues that might be there. But if you've had recovered COVID, and this is what's so disturbing to me about our president coming out and saying, I've got T-cell antibodies. I'm recovered COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm healthier according to doctors, some doctors, not all. But they don't want to count that. They don't want to count it. And it's, right. just, it's absolutely wrong. So uh, kind of circling back around for you. Mm-hmm. Um you know, as parents, we recently heard from the guy running for governor for Virginia that parents don't mm. shouldn't decide what their kids hear in school. 
you know, and it was all about the CRT and stuff. What do you see going? I'm just curious as a believer uh, who's got the discernment of God, but also as a politician mm-hmm. who's now been up there for a while. What do you see happening in the next couple of years? Okay, so so look at all of these things, Doug, and from the standpoint of those four steps, demoralizing, destabilizing, crisis, and then normalization. And, and what you see is, so they, they've created this crisis in our schools with teaching this CRT. Mm-hmm. Now the parents are starting to push back. And so they started with the demoralization. Now they've got the destabilization because, you know, heck, a lot of parents are just pulling their kids out of these schools now. But, but then the crisis piece is when parents start to push back. But they're defining that as a crisis. You know, the government is deciding, DOJ is this deciding that that's a crisis and that the FBI domestic terrorist group needs to look at it. I never heard him say that about any of the rioting and burning and looting that was going on all last summer. Yeah, I was going to ask Not a you, peep. What, they, what have, a, you know, if, if, if we have domestic terrorists and you, you want to call parents domestic terrorists when you let that go on for months where entire portions of a city were taken over and held those weren't domestic terrorists but somehow a parent showing up and saying i want to i want to have input into what my child is being taught in school yeah that's ridiculous well that's what about what about Rand paul and his wife walking down the street being assaulted exactly i've never heard one person's name brought up as being arrested for that no one person's name brought up that they've even investigated for that but they talk about these people who are a threat to the school boards because right. they're angry right I, I didn't know that anger was a uh, domestic terrorism uh symptom <laughs> well and you can't find out what a domestic terrorist is because they don't have a definition yet well i thought they, they won't to, give you one but they have to to have a statute right don't the, they have the, to define well, it, it legally that's that's to define the crime but they're they're calling all these people domestic terrorists, and they won't even tell you what it is. Well, and the sad part is when you have literally hundreds of thousands of people each day pouring in over the southern border mm-hmm. that are allowed to not only not be vaccinated, they give them more freedom over our body, over their body, than you or I have as mm-hmm. people who are citizens of this country. Yeah. There's something wrong with that, yeah. Congressman. So, now, look, I. I let me make this clear too about the the parents and the school boards. I, I look, I'm a law and order guy. If if you make threats, if you uh, become violent, then shame on you. Well, we talked you about know, January sixth. Yeah, January sixth. It was wrong for anybody to use violence to do anything that was done on the Capitol up there on Correct. January sixth. And you Correct. agree with? And it. I and I have denounced that over and over and over again. And the people that did commit the violence, um, but uh, you know, we we what gets me though, Doug, is that the the hypocrisy of talking about parents as domestic terrorists when we had Antifa burning cities down. And nobody talked about right. domestic terrorists. Right. No, they didn't. Wouldn't they, say they, a they word. Wouldn't even, the DOJ didn't even investigate them. They just no. let them do what they were going to do. Right. And right. actually allowed it. I mean, they 
they sat by while it was going on. There were FBI agents out in Portland, yes. out in Minnesota, yep. that were sitting there allowing it and were told, don't do anything. There were FBI agents at the January 6th. Um, yes, there were. Riot as well. Yeah, that and whole, they were, they, you know. That whole thing was, a, 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 and you know, it, it, you're right. It is hypocrisy. So we've got just a couple of minutes. So your message to people in that are listening, whether they're in Virginia, yeah. Mississippi, or even right here in Georgia, is call your congressman, call your senators, and tell them the fly, uh, what is it called? Freedom to Fly? Freedom to Fly Act. Freedom, Freedom to Fly Act. Uh, tell them to weigh in on that, that you want to be able to fly without being vaccinated, right? Right. They can't require a vaccination card for you to fly. I mean, I, I think that that is a great thing. Uh, what else can be, be, we be praying for you about specifically? Well, listen, um, pray for this country. Pray, pray for uh, individual members like myself. I, I appreciate those prayers because, Doug, this is, not a, this is not a battle of flesh and blood mm-hmm. uh, alone. This is a battle of principalities. And we need to fight it that way. We need to see the spiritual aspects of what's going on in this country right now. Look, we are the we are the bastion of Christian civilization, and we've got to defend it to the hilt. And, and we got to be ready to, to step up and work for the Lord. Well, thank you, thank you, Congressman, for joining us today. Thank you, Doug. Hey, you've been listening. Sorry, I'm, oh, sorry, I was late. <laughs> that's okay. We're, we're glad to have you anytime we can get you in here. Uh, hey, uh, pray for Congressman Rutherford. Uh, pray for him as well as our other representatives. And pray for our leaders to be wise and discerning and for God's values to come back to this country. If you want to listen to this or any past program, go to www.swatradio.com www.swatradio.com. On Monday, we're replaying Dr. Merritt's interview about the mask, the mask mandate, the, co- the mask vaccine mandate. She's wonderful. Listen to that. And we'll be with you next week on SWAT if Radio. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening...